Lord, I just thank you for Andy. Lord, I thank you that you um, you have made him a man of wisdom. You've placed with him depth and, and knowledge. Um, Lord, and I, I thank you the way that he loves to share that um, with us, that he loves to talk about you. Um, Lord, and, and I know that you've put stuff um, on his heart today that he really wants to share. So, Lord, help him to bring that out. Just speak your words through him. Um, and, Lord, just, um, just lead him as he speaks this morning. In your name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you want to put your crash helmets on so it all bounces off you, I'm speaking this morning about our attitude to the Word of God, our appetite for the Word of God, our attitude to God, and our affection for God. What am I doing wrong, love? Move up the microphone. Did you all hear that? Yeah, okay, that's where we're going. It'll take us a long time, here for about an hour and a half. We'll back break for tea in between. Now, retirement. Nobody pointed out the perils to me of retirement. I didn't realize there were perils attached to retirement. Daytime television. You, you can wake up and you, you can catch the first episode of Everyone Loves Raymond and then you say, I'll just watch another one, Channel 4. And oh, look, there's Frasier. I might just, uh, yeah, I mean, I might have seen that episode 24 times, but I'll just watch it again just so I can see it and catch a bit of news and then a bit more Frasier and then Homes Under the Hammer and then uh, Judge Judy, that's always good for a bit, and Border Control. And there's lots of places in the sun that people go to. There's places in the sun, there's homes in the sun. There's Sarah Beanie's New Life in the Country. There's Sarah Beanie's New Lives in the Country. She's not... Stuck for lives in the countries are Sarah Beanie's. Ben Fogel's wildlife, lives in the wild. Before you know it, it's countdown and, <laughs> and pointless and the, the spectre of the six o'clock news. And you've, you've been seduced by adverts for beds that rise up. And I think, that's not a bad idea, that. <laughs> Rather than get myself healthy... I will just have one of those beds that rise up so I can still live with acid reflux and sleep more or less vertically. And you can sign away half of your pension to a squirrel sanctuary. It, it's all going on in the daytime. At least you get a free pen, a Parker pen, and you can get commemorative gold leaf badges of all sorts of things from the Second World War and bits of shrapnel from the First World War. It's all going on on daytime telly. Places in the sun. I've, I've kind of written off places in the sun. I've kind of had me fill of places in the sun. Um, all five places are identical. They're all boxes with one shower, one bedroom, and one dingy balcony. Uh, and they're all, it's always a boring couple from Doncaster, Deirdre and Derek. And um, I've written here, they're free from the hardship of an extensive vocabulary. In other words, the only word they use is nice. Oh, that's a nice room. Mm, it's not as nice as the other room. It's nice property four, but it's not as nice as property. It's nicer than property one. A balcony's nice. Mm, I wonder if Mr. Nice, our cat, will like it here. And then at the end of it... They don't bid for anything. 
they're just not nice enough. Thank you for the free holiday you've given us, but we actually haven't got any money anyway, uh, but it's been nice. Um, I do like new lives in the sun. Have you caught, anybody caught new lives in the sun? <laughs> this is where couples go and take on a decrepit chateau in France or a struggling bar in the Algarve or, um, or a vineyard in northern Italy and they spend their entire lives making these things better and it's a new life in the sun and from what I can see it's 12 hours a day working it's stress, it's no finances they're eating hand to mouth for six months of the year and they're absolutely exhausted over Christmas the only difference I can see in their lives is that it comes with the sun and they have to spend a lot more money on sun lotion. It's not a new life in the sun, as far as I'm concerned. It's just an old life with sun cream. <laughs> so beware the perils of daytime television. You know you've lost the day when, uh, you know, you're still in your pyjamas, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, there's bits of honey nut crunch crystallizing on you. It's not good. Um, I would like to see if there was a program. I'd love it if there was a program called New Life in the Sun. S-O-N. Like what I've done there? That's it. It's not bad. That's your introduction. That's all the humor over with. I did all of that just for that. New Life in the Sun. S-O-N. I wonder if somebody was to ask you or if you were just to spend time just to bullet point two or three things what is it to be a christian what is it no 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 defensiveness needed here no on your guard here but what is it to you to be a christian what what two or three things would you say to your neighbor oh no he's doing that is he yeah he is he's just going to break in there and get you just to do a bit of chatting what would you say to your neighbor this morning this is what it means to me to be a Christian. I'll give you a couple of minutes. You can talk now. Okay, I hope that was, um, I hope that was useful. Um, I, I'm sure in, in the mix of all of the things that you were sharing with each other, you, you'll have mentioned Jesus. 
and you'll have talked about forgiveness of sins and you'll have talked about the significance of his death and his resurrection and that they, as far as you're concerned uh, as, as a Christian, um, they're facts. Jesus died and he rose from the dead and that's a fact for you and you, you, you believe in that. And, and some of you will have talked about eternal life and, and resurrection and the hope that, uh, we, we, d- that heaven is our destination or a new heaven and a new earth. And, and some of you will have talked about loved by God and you are loved by God so that you can love others and bring his love into this broken world and to love as Jesus loved and to live as Jesus lived and to to be an expression of that love in the place where you find yourself at work or the neighbours that you've got or the things that God's called you to it it, it is to express his love some of you will have talked about praying and and reading your Bible and doing good deeds or, or living by faith that's what it is to be a Christian we walk by faith and not by sight in 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, chapter 1 it says this having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again that phrase there is a New Testament phrase born again some of you may have mentioned that to be a Christian is to be born again and Peter goes on to say not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God and one of the things that happens to us when we become Christians is that we're born of the spirit our spirits were dead but then when we met Christ and encountered Christ he put within us a seed that is imperishable born of an incorruptible seed an imperishable seed we became alive in the spirit and that spirit grows as far as Peter is concerned by the Word of God it is through the Word of God we need the Word of God in our lives if we are to grow in Romans 8 it says it says this we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes it's one of those most famous of quotes that we hang on to for those who love uh, God and are called according to his word for those whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in our journey through our Christian walk through life what this is saying in Romans is that we are being conformed to the image of Jesus and over the years we become believe it or not more Christ-like and we might look back and say well I'm gonna have a long journey ahead of me but that is God's intention that is God's will for you and for me that we become more Christ-like and we're being conformed into his image Jesus said himself in Matthew a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master it's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant to be like his master in other words whatever Jesus is like we're to be like that he's our teacher we are his students and his subjects or as we see in in um, in the Bible we're his disciples so to be a Christian is to be a disciple a follower of Jesus how are you doing How's your following going? Are you a good follower? Are you following well? That's the challenge, isn't it? And we can't do it alone. We have to do it together. 
But our call this year in 2023 is no different to the call in 2022. It's to grow as Christians, to grow in our relationship with God, as to become a good follower of Jesus, a disciple. In uh, Galatians chapter 2, I, I read this verse out when I was baptized. I was baptized uh, back in the 80s, uh, early 90s. And uh, this was my verse that I read out just before I went under the water. And I've been working at this verse ever since. And I'm not, I'm not complete in this word. This word inspires me. And I'm, not, I'm on a journey for this word to be fulfilled in me. It says this, I have been crucified in Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ Jesus lives in us and through us as we walk with him. Born of an incorruptible seed. It's powerful stuff, isn't it? You know, when we first became Christians, it was all about forgiveness from sins. And I've done all of these bad things and God just forgive us. And God does forgive us and he's fantastic and I've got eternity and I've got eternity to look forward to. And he's saved me and he's my saviour. And then... He has to become my Lord as well. And then I have to start giving things over to him. And then I kind of wrestle with that a bit. But ultimately, that beautiful person that God always wanted us and intended us to be through Christ. And we're in that journey of developing like that. Is that right? Is that where we're at? Is that what lies in front of us for the 2023? Amen. So we, um, we look at these... Uh, we look at these three temptations. We look at this situation that Jesus finds himself in as he's been tempted by the devil. Well, let's not just forget what's just happened. He was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came over him and God spoke from heaven and said, Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And as soon as God says that, he then the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness and he's he's there starving fasting for 40 days and 40 nights i'm not sure if it's food and water or just food but it's a tough call 40 days without food i've fasted have you fasted ever i've fasted for a day have you ever done that one i'm not talking about i'll have my breakfast and then i'll have an evening meal and i'll miss out my lunch i'm talking about proper day 24 7 here you eat your meal at 8 o'clock and you go all the way through. Have you ever done one of those? I've done a three-day fast. I had some stuff to deal with in my life and I wanted to really get it sorted out. And it did get sorted out. And part of the process was a three-day fast. All I can say is the baked beans on toast that I had at the end of that were the best baked beans on toast I have ever had in my life. The thought of going 40 days without food Jesus was just human. The thought of going 40 days without food, I find incredible. 40, it's one of those numbers, isn't it? The Old Testament and New Testament. He went without food, possibly water, I don't know, for 40 days and 40 nights. And then, after that, he must have been exhausted physically, spiritually, mentally. He must have been on his knees. At that point... The devil shows up to tempt him. It's remarkable what he achieved. 
In the Bible that I've started to use a bit more, the ESF uh, Bible, the English Standard Version, it says this in the margin. This was the devil's attempt to subvert God's plan for human redemption by causing Jesus to fall into sin and disobedience, thus disqualifying him as the sinless saviour. He's gone through being led by the Holy Spirit into, into this fasting. Then he's tempted by the devil, and the devil is trying to get some, some, somewhere into Jesus so that he's going to fall, and he's going to be disobedient. And yet he stands up to it. Why? Because he knows he's going to die for us. Why? For our salvation. For the joy. We are the joy set before him. I am the joy set before God. Did you know that? He endured all of this. The crucifix, the cross, the crucifix, that's just the end point. His whole ministry was one of service towards that point. He will have known this was significant. And he led a sinless life and resisted this temptation. And he remained holy. He kept his life holy and pure throughout his whole 33 years. Not a thing, not a mistake, not, a, not, not a, to any point did he ever fall. Why? For us. It's remarkable. And this major milestone, he, he, he accomplishes it on our behalf. And just as an aside, God always puts his workmanship to the test. We're going to get tested. When God does something in us, he then puts it to the test. I don't know where this quote comes from, but I'm reminded of this. If it hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. And Jesus was put to the test, and he survived it, and he came through it, and he was victorious in it. It's part of the curriculum. If we're to be followers of Jesus, our lives are going to be put to the test. That's what we've signed up for. I didn't realize that. I just put my name at the bottom of the sheet. Well, yeah, like we all did. But our lives are going to be put to the test so that something brilliant can come from it. And I've seen these temples talking to you this morning about what the devil was up to. It was really about how Jesus responded to these three temptations that gives me inspiration. The first temptation, his response is this, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying something really important to me about himself. He needed to live by the word of God. His spiritual life was nurtured and fed by the word of God. Jesus was saying, I can't do it without the word of God. I need the word of God. Jesus knew the scriptures. He meditated on the scriptures. He read from the scriptures. He was alive to the scriptures. And what he's saying here is, we need to be the same. If we're to follow him, he's our master, he's our teacher, we're his disciples. We've got to get serious about the word of God. The word of God has to have greater prominence in our lives. I don't know where you're at. I know where I'm at, and I know it can improve. I'm just laying this down as a challenge, because the word of God is brilliant. It brings us life, and, and it, it gives us encouragement and comfort and challenge and we as we read the bible read the psalms or the proverbs or the historical or the prophetic or the gospels or the letters we're inspired we get food we get our inspiration to live as we live from the word of god this is how we're conformed into his image this is how the imper imperishable seed grows 
the word of God. I wonder today if you're going to challenge yourself to take the word a level up in terms of its seriousness and its importance in your life. You won't regret it if you go up a gear in the word of God. You will not regret it. It will do you good. It is God's will for you. I know it. I'm not like right-hand man to God here. I just, I just see it. Just Jesus says we need to live by the word. I've told you this. I'll tell it you again because this is my testimony. About 30 years ago, somebody said, what are you going to say when Micah turns up to you in heaven and says, did you read my book? And really, for that, that was the one stupid reason why I thought, I, do you know what? I need to read the Bible. I've got to read the Bible at least once because I don't want to be hev- in heaven. And Jonah says, what did you think of my book? And well, I never read it, actually. Well, it was there for you. Well, I'm really sorry. I'd, I am now spared of that embarrassment. I have read the Bible. And somebody said, the best way to read the Bible is Bible through the year. And that's what I've done. You might find another way to do it. For me, that's what gives me life. Bible through the year. Every day, I have a psalm, portion of New Testament, and a portion of Old Testament. That's my food. I live off that. I've been doing it for 27 years. I've read the Bible 27 times. And for the first time today, I feel liberty to say that that's I feel God's given me permission to say that to you. I'm not bragging, I'm not boasting, it's just my food. That's how I eat. How do you eat? How do you consume the word of God? That's how I do it. Seven years ago, Dave Eagleston said to me, God's calling you to keep a journal and just to write down what God's saying so that you can look back and see how he's moved in your circumstances. So I bought myself one of these little moleskin, moleskine, books and I, and I keep a, I keep a journal and I've been doing it since 2016 and it's, it's not that big so I don't have to write that much. I like handwriting so it, 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 it's a good thing for me to do that. And just this weekend I went through January the 14th, 15th and 16th for the last seven years and I looked to see what God was telling me and I've written it all down and I'm not going to bore you with every year but I could because God spoke to me. On those three days, and most days, in 2016, I wrote this. His words are flawless. I got that from Psalm 13. And I needed God's word over a certain circumstance to be flawless. I needed God's word in the situation. I wrote by it, just say the word, Lord, over Southlands, and I'll, and I'll follow. Because at the time, we were looking at merging as two schools, Standish and Southlands. We were looking at coming together. And I read that in the scripture. Your words are flawless. And I just said, Lord, one word from you does it. Whatever your word is, that will be good enough for me. If your word is for us to join up as partners, amen. If it is to stay separate, amen. Just have your word. Have the last word on it. That's what I found in 2016. In 2019, I was struggling with some areas of my life, which I'm not going to go into details about. But we all have them, don't we? And I was reading in that scriptures in 2019, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And I was really deeply convicted by that because I was doing the complete opposite. And I realized God was telling me, take up your cross, follow Jesus, and lose my life for his sake. And the bit that really stung me in 2019 was... uh, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And I'm thinking, is my life worthy of you, God? And I was really, really convicted by that. That's what was going on in 2019. 
2020, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And I was dealing with a senior member of staff at the time in one of the schools and it wasn't going well and they were going to be put on capabilities. And I said, Lord, just make the path straight here on this. I want to do the honourable thing in this. I want to do the right thing. I want to serve this situation in the right and proper way as you would do it. I would want to do it to this person as they would have it done to me. Make my paths straight, Lord. Lord, I need to trust you in this circumstance. I don't know how it's going to end up, but I'm leaning not in my understanding, but I'm just committing myself to you over it. That's what happened in 2020. In 2021, I wrote this. I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. And there's a story there with Jacob. Jacob runs away from Esau because he's stolen his birthright and his blessing and his inheritance and Esau wants to kill him so he runs off, goes to Padan Aran or whatever it's called, sounds like it's from Star Wars. He, f he finds this girl there, her name is Rachel, falls head over heels in love with her because she's quite a good looker. But Laban's wise to it, pulls a swift one over him, says work for seven years and she's yours. He works for seven years and what does Laban do? Gives her Leah, who's not easy on the eye. He goes to bed with Rachel, but he wakes up with Leah. And he says, this is wrong. You can't do this. Well, that's what you've been doing all your life, especially look at your brother. Uh, well, you can work for another seven years. All right, I'll work for another seven years. So uh, Jacob worked for 14 years to get Rachel, this, his heartthrob. And he commits his life to Laban. Things don't go well with Laban. Laban starts getting wise to him again and starts changing his wages and dealing with his flocks and doing all sorts of stuff and, they're, and they're, they're, they're growing in their enmity towards each other and Jacob thinks to himself I need to get off, I need to go back to where I was brought up, I need to go back to my father Isaac so he's off and he's with God over all of this and God says to him I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you, what's that got to do with my life? Well in 2021 Tom was in risk, at risk of losing his job Airbus was making redundancies. They were cut in by 3,000 jobs. They'd only got 1,500 voluntary redundancies. And if they didn't take drastic measures, they were going to stop all the jobs for the apprentices. Now, that, as a father, is quite a worrying thing. And I went to God over it and said, God, what's going on? And God said, I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. And I realized that God knows the end from the beginning. He sees all things. He sees it all. And I just felt in that moment, God's seen into this. God knows what's going to happen to Tom. He might keep his job, he might lose his job. But at that moment, I just had a peace that God sees it all and I can trust him. Turned out, Tom kept his job. But that's not the point. The point is, the word of God feeds our lives. The word of God is there for us to help us to get through all of this stuff. And Jesus said, you can't live on bread alone. You need to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need the word of God in our lives. I want to stop now, to be honest, because I think that's the, really the message that I want to give. Just very quickly, the second temptation, Jesus said, I'm not putting God to the test. Because his attitude towards God was, God, you're number one. Why would I put you to the test? I'm totally submitted to you. I'm totally yielded to you. Your kingdom first, your kingdom come. I am humble in heart. This is Jesus in the second temptation. 
my attitude is to God first. The third temptation, he said, I'm not worshipping you. Worship what we love. Jesus was saying, I'm worshipping God. I love God. He gets all of my worship. These are the basics. Isn't it inspiring when you see Jesus living out his life, his attitude, his appetite for the word of God, his attitude towards God, and his affection for God. These are the foundations for us all. Wonder what's going to happen this year so that you can look back and say, I'm doing more. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Andy. I wonder, um, I wonder what's stopping you. I mean, Andy shared a lot there, didn't he? And um, I mean, the journaling thing hit me like a brick because Andy and I have talked over the years about me trying to write stuff down and I'm rubbish at it, absolutely awful at it. And I've tried lots. So there's a whole set of things that you could do and I wonder what's stopping you. So have a, have a little think as we're worshipping this next song. Just what is stopping you? Get closer to Jesus. Be more like Jesus. Practice the things that Jesus practiced. Okay? Yeah.